everyone. Welcome to The Daily Word. I'm really glad that you've joined me. And for our Daily Word today, uh, we're in Jeremiah chapter 20. I want to share verses 7 through 11 with you. And then let's talk for a few minutes today about, about when it gets hard following Jesus. So if you were to hear the word of the Lord, O Lord, you misled me, and I allowed myself to be misled. You were stronger than I am, and you overpowered me. Now I am mocked every day. Everyone laughs at me. When I speak, the words burst out. Violence and destruction, I shout. So these messages from the Lord have made me a household joke. But if I say I'll never mention the Lord or speak in His name, His word burns in my heart like a fire. It's like a fire in my bones. I am worn out trying to hold it in. I can't do it. I have heard many rumors about me. They call me the man who lives in terror. They threaten, if you say anything, we'll report it. Even my old friends are watching me, waiting for a fatal slip. He will trap himself, they say, and then we will get our revenge on him. But the Lord stands beside me like a great warrior. Before him, my persecutors will stumble. They cannot defeat me. They will fail and be thoroughly humiliated. Their dishonor will never be forgotten. Well, friends, I think it's fair to say that uh, Jeremiah has been through a horrific couple of days. Uh, Jeremiah is speaking the word of the Lord. It's a warning. It's a warning about judgment. It is a declaration of the people's sin. It is not what they want to hear. And in fact, he's essentially accused of sedition for speaking against Judah. And he's arrested. He's whipped. He's put into stocks. Uh, humiliating and, and, and painful uh, fate, to say the least, to be held like that overnight. And so Jeremiah complains. He complains bitterly before the Lord. He says, essentially, this is not what I signed up for. Now, if we look back at Jeremiah's calling in, in Jeremiah chapter 1, one of the things that we read that's real interesting is in verse 2, the Lord first gave messages to Jeremiah during the 13th year of the reign of Josiah, son of Ammon, king of Judah. So if you'll keep that, uh, that number in mind, it was in the 13th year of King Josiah. That's what we read in chapter 1 of Jeremiah. And then turn back with me to, uh, to the book of Kings, to chapter 22. What we read there is that in the 18th year of the reign of Josiah, um, <laughs> they found the Bible. Go figure. They are doing a renovation in the, in the temple, and they discover the Word of, uh, of God. And um, like in, in First Kings, I'm sorry, Second Kings chapter 22, verse 10, uh, Shaphan also told the king, Hilkiah the priest has given me a scroll. So Shaphan uh, read it to the king. When the king heard what was written in the book of the law, he tore his clothes in despair. And, and what, what comes out of that then is the repentance of the king. Uh, he laments, he grieves the, their sin, how they had violated God's law, how they hadn't followed the Lord. 
and and he brings about a, a time of spiritual renewal. He reads as you go into chapter 23, uh, it says, the, there the king read to them the entire book of the covenant that had been found in the Lord's temple. The king took his place of authority beside the pillar and renewed the covenant in the Lord's presence. He pledged to obey the Lord by keeping all his commandments, laws, and decrees with all his heart and soul. And so there was there was this very intentional, very real uh, spiritual renewal that was going on. And um, don't, don't you think that just by human nature that Jeremiah would have to assume, would have to hope that this was the trajectory of his ministry, that he would be a part of this sort of spiritual ascendancy. But, but if you look, God did not promise this to him. He did not promise that his ministry would see and would help to bring about a great spiritual ascendancy that would always be true. God did not actually deceive him. What God did in regard to his future was not deceive him, but shield him. God shielded him from a future that he was not yet ready to face. And so it is with us. God doesn't promise us, friends, that everything will go perfectly in our lives if we will follow Jesus. In fact, Jesus tells us that we will know trouble in this life, that this world will hold trouble. It is broken. And He promises also, though, that He will be with us. The one who has overcome the world is with us. And so this world, it has no, no permanent hold over us, the things of this world don't have sovereignty over us. We belong to Jesus, the one who has overcome the world. Knowing this, the love of God compelled Jeremiah forward to carry on. If you'll notice in chapter 20 of Jeremiah, verse 9, he says, If I say I'll never mention the Lord or speak His name, His word burns in my heart like fire. It's like a fire in my bones. He says, I... I have the Word of God burning in my heart. I cannot hold it in. I, he, he doesn't like what's happening. He doesn't like the trajectory of his ministry, the things he's going through. But the love of God, the Word of God, burns in his heart, and he cannot hold it in. It's the same way with the Apostle Paul. If you look in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 16, he says, Yet preaching the good news is not something I can boast about. I am compelled by God to do it. How terrible for me if I didn't preach the good news. It is God Himself, His love, His Word, His Spirit that compels Jeremiah, that compels Paul to preach the gospel. And they carried on. They carried on not because they knew what the future holds, but they carry on because they... They know the one who holds the future. And as a matter of fact, of course, friends, so do we. I'd like to sh just close with a, a portion of Romans chapter 8 as we think about facing an uncertain future and yet facing it with, uh, with a, a relationship with God, with a destiny that, that, that are certain, right? We read, beginning in verse 31, What shall we say about such wonderful things as this, as these? If God is for us, who can be against us? 
since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't he also give us everything else? Who dares to accuse us whom God has chosen for his own? No one. For God himself has given us right standing with himself. Who then will condemn us? No one. For Christ Jesus died for us and was raised to life for us, and he is sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand pleading for us. Can anything separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? As the scriptures say, for your sake we are killed every day. We are being slaughtered like sheep. No. Despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death, nor life, neither angels, nor demons, neither our fears for today, nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell, can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. And so we persevere, following the Lord, seeking to stay in step with His Spirit, knowing that God, He hasn't shown us the future in all its details. We are taking one faithful step after another. The Lord, in fact, He He protects us from knowing the whole of our future. We can trust that when we get there, when we face that next thing, that the Lord will be there. He will have prepared us for that day, and He will carry us all the way home to our eternal destiny in the kingdom of heaven. Thanks be to God. Amen. Amen. And friends, till we have a chance to speak again, I pray that God would bless you and that He would keep you.